morning. Welcome to another episode here of Lady Blurs Sings the Blues. You got your girl here sometimes. V kicking it off. Over there on my left is Miss Kylie Too Smart tuning in from her studio. Not studio apartment, but studio <laughs> massage therapy um, office. Nice blue teal matches the Monterey Seas. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with a little bit of. Um, you know, just how's you doing? How's your week? Go ahead and put what your results are in the Mentimeter. I know our Mentimeter is a little bit um, frozen at the moment, but I'm sure I'll kick back into place once you guys start sharing. I will go ahead and share that link in the chat. But Kylie, let's start with you first. What's up? How are you doing? I feel doing? like I have so much to cover. I am doing um, well. Um, we missed like our like Halloween catch up. So from our weeks back when, uh, I did get to go see Bayofio's second beta run um, on Halloween that they did. It was amazing. Um, so like shout outs to them. So they definitely put, put together like uh, an amazing space and just like so many talented people. Um, and I really appreciate like having the live art there as well. They brought an artist out from Sacramento, Behulani, um, and she did some live painting while people were going through their sets. Um, so that was like just another piece of like the culture like, that I was kind of missing. I was like, oh, um, got a little rowdy next door. There was like a punk rock show. Um, and now I feel like at my big age, we should know better. Like, just let, let the teenies have their thing. Let the young adults rage, okay? Stay on the outskirts, cause I jam my thumb and I need my hands to work. No. So, that, yes, it's all the note. All the note, nobody, nope, nope. Um, so I think Wait, I Wait, so what do... happened? Like... <sighs> I was just minding my business and you know like the, it's like a gentle mosh circle but still like they're going in one direction and like they're walking the other direction I was trying to get to the bathroom mm -hmm. and I ended up jamming my thumb which I'm hoping it's just a simple jam mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I have problems because like my levels of like pain tolerance are really high mm -hmm. so I'll be like ah oh, this is probably not that bad and then it it might be like no that's terrible or like I'll say things to people um, like mm -hmm. when I talked on this episode about like removing my own like IUD and things and people would be like, you should have probably just come to the doctor for that. But you know, black people going to the doctor, plus size women going to the doctor, the faith is not there. Like, I a thousand percent trust myself more than me the healthcare system in the United States and I continue to see it fail most people on the daily so yep. it really like is an extreme issue for me to like hmm, consider putting my hands in in the hands of someone else run through the system put your hands but, on in the care of somebody else who doesn't know you and then has their internal biases that is yes. something that is a thing I hear yes. that um, terrible I bet you I'm gonna go in there for my thumb and they're gonna ask me when the last time I went to the gym and I'm gonna have to embarrass them because I go five times out of the week. Even though that has nothing to do with your injury. It has nothing to do with my injury, but I bet you they'll ask. And then they'll suggest like some weight loss surgery. They'll be like, you know what'll really help your thumb? You know, a <laughs> gastric bypass is gonna help you. You know, maybe if you just slice your stomach in half, 
and sew it up, that will help your thumb. That's that's the goal. Oh boy. Like, tragically though, like this has happened to me, guys. Just just to be clear, like I have gone to the doctor for issues that had nothing to do with my weight. And like the first things that come out of their mouth is, have you considered that this does not have anything to do with that? Mm -hmm. I didn't come here for this. Wow. So that's, <laughs> that's how my week is going. No, um, other than the hand injury, um, I did get some progress done on my house. Nice. So in terms of like cleaning and preparing for the holidays and being motivated, um, I finally just um, like took some advice of friends and hit up another friend and actually asked for help. Like it's so difficult for me sometimes to actually ask for help. But y'all, did you know that your friends will help you? Like if you ask, did you know that? I bet you, your friends will help you if you ask them. You mean friend people are actually following through when they say like, if you need help, let me know? Sometimes, sometimes it happens. And like, there are other times when it doesn't, but you know, you lose a thousand percent of the chances that you don't take. So I asked a friend with a truck uh, to come help me and they did and we spent five hours clearing junk from the side of my house. Yes, ding, ding, it felt like a win. Um, and that's also why I sound all like yucky and gunky because I was not prepared. I wasn't wearing enough PPE for this because the gunk was gunking. It was yuck, ick, no, thank you. old dust, old mold. But going to the dump was surprisingly fun. Like I did feel like I was a child again on a field trip, like, oh my God, the dump. And just like chucking stuff out of the back of the truck felt so cathartic to just chuck it and be like, mm, it's not my problem anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem. <sighs> so yes, go chuck some junk out if you haven't. Um, and we are in the season of being thankful. So I am so thankful for all my friends and I am learning how to ask for help. That's yeah. my week. It's been a good week. And I finally got my mag best registration. Oh good. So you're gonna you're gonna show up to MagFest. Yes. You're gonna truck across the country. Across the to, country. And go to MagFest. Mag and maybe music I will wear my and mag gaming. Yes, music and gaming. Music and gaming. rock our Lady Blair's pins, which ooh, they're so cute. Yeah, they are cute. cute. They're adorable. We did that. We did that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, MAGFest is coming up. For those who don't know, I, I heard about this, you know, really popular convention called uh, MAGFest. It stands for Music and Gaming, not Mid-Atlantic Festival. Music and Gaming Festival. Sorry, I'm just being funny. Anyway, yes, yeah, MAGFest is happening. <laughs> MAGFest is happening in January, y'all. Um, as those who know, last week I did make a small or two weeks ago, I made a small announcement that I am a board member of that convention now. Woo! So it, it's pretty—it's been pretty good uh, so far. I think we have a very good, promising board of directors. Um, so I'm very um, excited to see what kind of comes out from the services that I do for that uh, event. So, um, but other than that, yeah. So if you want to catch Kylie and I, you just so happen to be there on the East Coast, we will be there. Uh, Paris will be there with us. Um, we did apply for a panel. Right now, panel applications have not been um, 
acceptances have not been emailed out yet so um, I know they're doing a lot of planning so we probably won't hear back until December but regardless of the status we will be there um, so yeah it'll be really cool and speaking of prowess we said her name like almost three times she is now in the chat it's like prowess, candy, it's like candy man <laughs> Yes, you have to summon her. Like, <laughs> you have to summon her, just a smidgen. You have to give her cheers so she'll pop up. Um, yes, I feel like so blessed anytime we have prowess with us, even in the chat. Uh, I just love her so much. And you're probably I like, why isn't she here on today's episode? Where'd she go? And where is she? Let's let's talk about that. She's representing over at Yumicon right now. And she's uh, represents with some greats. Like there is some Mark Coopers there. There is some Mega Rans there. I think Richie's there, and maybe Kyle Murdoch's there. I might have been like speaking out my butt a little bit, but please correct me if I'm not wrong. Um, if I am wrong, please correct me. Um, so yes, she is over there doing the thing over at Yumicon. She is a guest artiste, so she will be she will be uh, rocking the mic there. Um, Awesome. So yeah, so yeah, she's been out for a couple of weekends, just, you know, between traveling and stuff. We are busy women in our professions. So we'd like to be authentic here on the podcast and just say like, sometimes we're not here. Sometimes we are here. And we try to do our best to be um, here as much as we can. Uh, but sometimes our work gets in the way. Um, and we try to make space for like, you know, having alternate weeks where sometimes we're here, and sometimes we're not. And I'm finding myself in a redundant circle. So let's go ahead and keep moving. Let's say multiple hats. Multiple yes. hats. All of the hats. By the way, like I said, please tell us how your week is going. Um, it looks like that folks are doing some meal prep. I did that last week. I made some more breakfast burritos. Um, worked on making plastic wheels to go on the side of my cassettes. Ooh. Cassette tapes, A side, B sides. I hear that. Cassettes you know, cassettes and floppy disks are coming back as an accessory. Isn't that weird? Oh, like, <laughs> I'm like, I literally used to pick my vehicles based on whether or not I could play my tapes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, or like, if you have that little like thing to like hook up like your aux cord to, but it was like a cassette tape that goes Converter. inside. Yeah, I thought that was kind of clever the workarounds we did back in the day yeah to keep it to keep it like consistent but anywho yeah like i thought that was kind of interesting but yeah they're coming back like i found a little bookstore in vancouver that sells like they repurpose old books and turn them into um turn them into just like notebooks that you can write in and so like she keep like she keeps like the first like couple pages and when you open it up it's kind of like aesthetically pleasing because you feel like an author is like writing in a book. So she had a section where there was floppy disks converted into little notepads. And I was like, this is cool. So like I Yeah, so Cash and I bought a couple of them, being like, This is pretty aesthetic and Cash was like, I'm hacker man. And I'm like, Yes you are. Yes you are. Yes you are. He is Hacker Man, and he is good, good gift-giving man. Yes, we won't talk about that gift until much later. We won't later. talk about that gift until much, much later. Um, but yes, the floppy disks kind of are blowing my mind. Because I'm just like, when was the last time I used the floppy disk? And I think legitimately was like elementary school. Like 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> I feel like my last floppy disk, like, 
save file was just a bunch of anime pictures because I would find them and be like, ooh, I wanna print these out and post them all on my wall. And so I had just floppy disks full of like Final Fantasy, Inuyasha, Clamp comics. Uh, we all know Clamp comics like Cardcaptor Sakura and um, Magic Girls Ray Earth. Like, that was my shit. Sorry, anywho. Uh, I guess I should share about how my week is going. Yeah, how was your week? My week is going. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, found myself back in a little bit of a routine of um, coming back into my namaste days. Uh, so I've been starting to do a little bit of yoga here and there. Um, the holiday season is coming up. I am doing a very bold thing this holiday, um, which is I'm staying home. I'm not doing any traveling. I am gonna keep my peace and just stay right here. Um, and it's been kind of nice because I'm really excited about the lineup of food that I want to make um, and all of the like little things that I've always wanted to do during Thanksgiving or like Christmas, but it's I never had to because I've always been kind of traveling around ping-ponging back and forth between families. So I'm just gonna stay home. And you're probably thinking, well, is family coming up to you? Maybe. Uh, well, did you tell them? Not really. <laughs> and and that's the bold part because you would think like, oh, when people get upset that you wouldn't that you wouldn't show up to the holidays to like your grandmother's. I'm like, yeah, people will get upset, but it's their problem, not mine. And that's something that I'm trying to live with because I think I put in a lot of time to be present and and you know to be vulnerable. Like I haven't felt the same back, so I think it's time to kind of reclaim my time a little bit, and that's what I'm doing. Um, Am I sad? I have some guilt, but am I gonna be depressed during the holiday? No, because <laughs> I'm gonna be cooking and cooking's great. <laughs> I love cooking. Like I bought some Hornish hens, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing. Um, so anywho, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, actually, one of Cash's friends is gonna come up during Thanksgiving. So uh, hopefully uh, he can be the small tirade that usually happens during the holidays, so at least I get one. <laughs> He's good people, though. He's great. <laughs> You're like, it's not the holidays if one person doesn't go on one rant. <laughs> I know. It's going to be him. He's going to be the rant. He's going to be the rant figure, figurine. Um, yeah. Ooh. Hey, that's what... Hey. Hey, it's that one guy. Tell us about your Thanksgiving in the chat. Share how and why it's going to be lit. There and will be no raisins in the mac and cheese. There will be... We are an no anti-butterboard podcast. <laughs> to be clear, no. we, are, we are an anti-butterboard podcast. I'm going to say that again. Do not stick your little fingers, your little grimy ass fingers after licking and smacking and then put it back in that butter board. Don't be nasty. Create charcuterie cups. Like, I don't know, just don't personalize your butter. Like, I don't, just do not, do not put it on one board where people can be scooping their fingers in it. Like, we are an anti-butterboard podcast. I feel um, like if it needs a sneeze guard, then you're like probably doing too much. Not a sneeze guard. Clop, what is that? React? <laughs> is that anti ranch? I want that. I want, I, I want that react. Do you guys see the anti? It's an 
multi-headed valley. <laughs> hey, like, to be fair though, it's, I just, I just now learned how easy it is to make ranch. Like, y'all should just be making your own ranch. It's delicious. That's right, Paris, no booty butter. We are no with that. Okay, but other than that, my week has been pretty good. Um, so I'm excited about the holidays. I do want to make an announcement as part as a musician who does uh, the virtual video game orchestra. Uh, they just released a their summer mixtape in the middle of fall. So Hot Girl Summer still goes into Flat Girl Fall. Um, I recently uh, was on the same recording for, or not same recording, I played tuba parts for the um, for the heiress theme um, and I'm really excited about that like the person who arranged it is a wonderful arranger I believe he's from Europe uh, named Louis James and we all know heiress uh, from Final Fantasy 7 um, so he did a wonderful arrangement on that and I got to play tube on it and it was released today so I'm excited the rest of the mixtape is available on YouTube and also their band camp so I do uh, make a recommendation if you love video game music and you love video game fans recreating that music in their own sauce, please go ahead and take a listen. So in the chat, um, I'm over here like Aaron theme. I was um, like, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been a delight to work with these folks. I worked with them during uh, Mag West. Um, and I would love to have them back again. Like they were just really, really like, just on their stuff when it came to like having their stuff organized. So I'm really proud of the work that they do in person and off and online. So, and I'm really happy to be part of that community. Okay, I think, I think we're at a good point where we can transition. What do you think, Kai? Yeah, I, let's. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Yes. Um, let's see. It's been pretty slow for me today, so just give me a moment if you guys do not mind. Um, so Mentimeter, let's talk about voting. Um, vote. I don't know how else to say that. Vote. Vote. <laughs> uh, well, I think... I would like to maybe let's open it up with um no i'm just joking please open it up <laughs> no let's open it up with like how you feel about this like counterculture of people not wanting to vote like yeah i do every time i did do a phone call campaign one time and the Wait, there we go yeah sorry it goes longer than I want it to but that's okay I should find one that shortens it uh I didn't mean to have it cut you off by the way because when you said counterculture of anti-voters hell to the nah I no. will not vote like that's that's what it is sorry go ahead Kylie no no go ahead you said you were doing um calls yeah I used I was on a campaign once um where I made phone calls to remind people the importance of voting. I'm not gonna lie, I hate cold calling, so I don't know why I was up in that mix in the first place, but I was doing it as a service because I really was passionate that year about voting. Um, that might have been 2016. I think we all know what happened in 2016. Um, I'm not gonna recap it with the amount of 
torches and pitchforks that may have occurred um, in in the pride of the American flag. Flag. Um, so, sorry, that came out really bad. Flag. Flag. A flag. I meant flag. Um, but anywho, yeah. So like. 2016 was rough so like I was part of a campaign to just like get people to vote and like the amount of older folks who were just like hell no and clicked on me and I was just like yeah and then one lady at least the people who did vote and didn't want to like solicit the call or did entertain the call they were just like oh yeah I'm gonna vote thanks though and they would just click and so like at least that was fine but like the ones that like would actually fi find the opportunity to get like their nice heavy like soapbox dust it off, stand on top of it. And they're like, you know, you sound pretty young on the phone. So I think you got time to listen to what I got to say. And I'm like, God dang it. No! <laughs> I don't think this is a justice for all moment. And so like I had to entertain the call and basically people were so upset because they're like, it doesn't work. Voting doesn't work. And I'm just like, it's, and it's kind of sad that it was a lot of old folks that said that. I'm curious to know like why that is. I know that there is a timeline of when things were put into play. Um, and there's also kind of um, disproportionate um, understanding that certain communities don't vote because it was introduced to them later or the amount of oppression that they faced from being allowed to vote was very discouraging. So uh, Kylie, please go ahead. I don't wanna to take too much of the mic here. Well, no. So, I mean, if we look at like the history of voting in this country, we could see why people would think now that we are such like a split and a bipartisan um, situation between Democrats and Republicans that it doesn't, people feel like it doesn't really matter which way they vote. Um, but voting, I think, needs to start much smaller. So people should be educated about what's happening locally, right? And being um, more involved and they would maybe see a more direct impact of their votes. Uh -huh. um, not saying that, you know, presidential elections and things are not impactful. They definitely are. But when you're looking at the metrics and the numbers um, and when you see strategically who gets placed where um and you know we have checks and balances in place but that doesn't mean that like those who are in power and are corrupt will not find a way right and i think that's where some of that helplessness comes into play um when you see people passing legislature that actively encroaches on your basic human rights it's very easy to feel disenfranchised but also our nation's not that old you know, uh -huh. we have gone comparatively it changes comparatively. Um, we've gone through some rapid political changes. Um, and so I think it's like hugely dismissive and a giant disservice just to say that voting doesn't matter at all. Um, when my grandparents um, were literally dying for the rights, you know, we had especially in, you know, black communities. Um, people died for the right to vote. Mm -hmm. um, and people were kept from voting. You have to think, I think it's like in the 1700s, it was really only geared towards white male landowners. Very much so, the, the white agenda. It was 
not geared for people of color or those who are enslaved. And I, I mean, we, yeah, it is a white agenda. It's also a wealth agenda. Um, Cause you have to think you back in those days, it, there was definitely an attachment. Like you had to own land. Um, and that's why it's like, we have this idea now. It's like, Oh, you're not anything without ownership. Um, because ownership gives you power, political power specifically. So if you have the majority of people who are struggling to make rent, they're feeling disempowered anyway. Um, and in their minds are like, oh, we have better things to care about. But do you? Like, this is what you should be caring about. If you want to change how your nation functions, you want to change where these funds are being allocated to, you need to be more involved politically. Um, and I think that's one of the ways that um, we work on like decolonization. I look at the model for like the Black Panther Party and what they did. Um, and a lot of that was getting people to register to vote, to actually have influence um, over their nation and over what's and, happening. Sorry, but, I was also gonna say too that voting isn't just like one and done. There's a lot of sustaining that you have to do from those votes. Like we already saw like a big, huge shift with Roe v. Wade where like abortion rights were just taken away. So like when, when something was put in place to be protective of a particular group of people, right? Then there's folks out there who are trying to take things away. So it's like the power of voting is always one of those things that you have to keep doing. It's never just a fight to say like, okay, we did it. It's all done. We submitted it, the assignment, we got a grade and we're good. No, it's like, it's one of those things that you have to keep yourself involved because there's always bills out there that are trying to re to reverse what was done. Um, sorry, Kai, go ahead. No, um, I mean, you gotta think there was a point in time where like, if you had any kind of disability, you weren't allowed to vote. If you couldn't read um, at a certain level, you weren't Ooh, allowed to got vote. Got those lit tests. <laughs> yes, so they're like, how's your reading comprehension, sweetie? Like, Circle know. this word and draw a line through it. Now cross out the longest word in this line. Yes, it was, it, it was like, and some of those lit tests didn't even make sense to like current day. You're like, who wrote this? Who wrote this? And they were written to be confusing on purpose. So it's like, if, if it wasn't important, there would not be so many people people so many old white men <laughs> trying to keep you from voting so if you know that they're trying to keep you from voting um how about you go say you know f you to the system and vote and like actually participate and and reclaim some of that power and civic duties i think if people really understood um the effects of like mass incarceration and what it means once you're put into the prison system um, as a vote, they would understand a little more of their community power. When you move people from state to state, because again, many of our representative rights are based off of population, like how much this one state gets influence over all of us depends on how much population they have. So if you remove, I don't know, like a 16th of the population, you get to skew the vote. So it's looking at the um, larger picture, mm -hmm. right? And not necessarily all of the bad of the larger picture, but 
recognizing where your influence could be powerful. Yeah. It's that whole five fingers, one fist argument. Uh, we are much better as a solid community. And um, this doesn't mean that any two people have to agree and align on all things, which I think is also why the bipartisan system fails, right? No one person is really going to be like, oh, I'm all the way left or I'm all the way right. And I have no middle ground. I was like, we are living at extremes and extremes don't work. Um, yeah, especially. I I, I want to I want to blame media for that. Yeah, like, I, I want to blame a little bit of media about that, like especially with like propaganda that is like launched during these times of of the voting cycle is what I'll call it. Mm -hmm. um, like right now, I'm getting hit up by everyone from California because I used to live there to like this current county that I live in. And there's just lots and lots of inflammatory language to debunk what each candidate is trying to represent. Um, so I have to dig and do my own research to like look up YouTube things or look up debates that are happening and and to make sure that like, okay, what the what this person is sending me, is this just something to make to persuade me by emotion? And as people as human beings we are often very persuaded by emotion and so like if we hear something that's like a triggering word to get us like riled up of course we're going to try to side with what we feel is in our belief system that is the best fit for what needs to move forward so like we're just like listening <laughs> or reading these things i'm like i have to like take a step back use a little bit of my emotional intelligence and then figure out like okay larger picture wise how does this person impact me immediately are they somebody that impacts the state are they somebody that's more of like a national representative um or is it somebody that's specific to my county or specific to my state so then that way i know how to start small and then maybe then start thinking about like how the other issues that i have to vote on like different bills and propositions impact the person that i might be siding with who might be signing off on these things and so it's just really making sure that you kind of think about these things strategically about what fits best for the community and what fits best for progression. Like, you know, obviously like things like reproductive health is really important. So like maybe we should get more women in office, but also be careful about which woman that you vote in an office, because maybe that woman is so possessed about, you know, <laughs> like we all have to give birth. You don't have any choice. So just be careful because you still have to do the research behind each person, right? Or maybe a bill based off the headline of the bill might sound like really attractive being like, oh, that makes sense. But then you got to look at the real small print of the bill to be like, okay, what does it exactly impact? Because like, imagine being like gun ownership, right? I don't see a problem with gun ownership, but then you got to look at like what the, I, like the guidelines are for gun ownership, right? Because like you want to make sure it's like something along the lines of like, maybe not automatic weapons because that doesn't make any sense, but maybe like a, like a pistol or a rifle to go shooting with if you're like going to get game for like your family or maybe just as a sport or whatever the case may be. So like it's just really making sure that you read the fine print about what things mean like don't be persuaded based off of like what you see in a 30 second commercial because that's not enough information for you so keep yourself informed um informed indeed is right um i want to say like in 2018 we saw like one of the largest voter turnouts 
um, and like the <laughs> in our history, and it's because we have more women and uh, more minorities who are voting. And also in 2018, we saw the largest influx of voter suppression changes. So this looked like closing down thousands of polling locations, changing hours at said polling locations, um, like really dirty tactics of like, oh, if you registered or like trying to tell people that they already voted or like they've already been counted when that's they clear. Like they're like, I still got my ballot. <laughs> they're like, like, no, you voted. Like, what? Or making people like stand in line miles and miles away from the voting center. Like, remember that nonsense that happened in Georgia? Like, like people and then were you waiting could eat in line or drink in line. They're like, no eating or drinking. I was like, who? What? If you need to go pee, you lose your place. Like, what? Yes. Like, it's just so. Yes. I don't know, Kylie. What are some tips do you think that are some good takeaways for um, folks who are listening? I would say like voting early if you can, um, so that you don't have to feel the pressure of like trying to find a place last minute. Um, we can do like absentee ballots. You can. You don't even have to go to a polling place. You can vote from home. Like I feel like COVID has kind of reframed a lot of like how people traditionally would vote um i like you v have been involved in many campaigns um i worked as a whole officer um and you know have helped run sites and they make you go through a lot of training and you have to follow certain rules and um, they're very old school with the announcements of voting and with, you know, how um, how things are secured, how they're counted. Um, it is not like some willy-nilly unorganized. <laughs> Sorry, me. I, I tried to keep going. I tried. I just felt like a really sad kitten for a second. Like I got milk all over me. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, takeaways. Yes, that's what voting feels like now. <laughs> like, we're sad kittens. Um, no, uh, I would say um, we have the most access to knowledge right now. Literally, we have the internet, we have our cell phones. We should be the most informed. Uh, we should be the most capable generation to be able to enact effective change. Um, we are not having situations um, like over in Iran where our government is cutting off our internet. We are not having such aggressive policy changes. Um, honestly, it's like we've gotten really lazy um, as a people intellectually. Ew. Like when it, I mean, on, like when it Ew. comes to, because we'd rather be watching television or we'd rather oh. be watching TikToks and like not reading and like, not, not lazy decisions. <laughs> yes, I is our country lazy? Yes, how lazy Americans. <laughs> lazy Americans. Yes, bleep bleep bleep. You heard it here. Uh, we we've gotten complacent 
okay. We are tired and I get it, but it's a continual struggle. I, I'd like to, um, I'd like to maybe push back on the laziness part of that. I yes, think, push back on the laziness. I think we kind of found ourselves in a society where there's like a large percentage of people who are comfortable and they're comfortable with their lives so they don't feel that they need to be a part of sustaining the changes or sustaining the progression or sustaining anything they're like oh nothing's ever bothered me so why should i ever you know and so i don't think it's laziness i think it's more that leans on the what you i think you already said it like complacency where it's like, if I'm comfortable, why should I care anymore? But you should. Yeah, I feel like that's more insidious than anything else. Like, yeah. sure. But also at that point, like, why do you... There's no them? sense of celebration in our culture. It's always like, or celebration to remember. It's always just like, oh, we did it and now we're done. Let's move on. The amount of times that, like, politics and religion gets shut down at the at the table, I think that's also part of the culture, too. Uh, religion and voting yeah. is a problematic topic for me. <laughs> yeah. I think my takeaways are, yes, be informed. Go out of your way to be informed. Even if it's like while you're watching TV and you're like looking online on your phone or whatever, just stay informed. Be very, in like thoroughly informed. Um, two, for me, is to vote early. Like as early as you can. Um, a lot of workplaces... Uh, do say that you can take time off for voting. So utilize that right. Um, even if your place of work is like, rah, 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 then you can uh, go look back, back at your handbook and say, hey, so I see something about letting me to vote. And then also the state of wherever I work at says I can leave to go vote. So go ahead and just stay for informed and thorough. So then that way you can utilize that time to go vote. So go vote early. Um, the earlier, the better. Um, and then if you can, as just a sense of accessibility. So you're not getting like, you know, just keeping it blind. Um, just mail in your vote, mail in your vote as soon as you can. There's a tracker. Uh, there are, there are online trackers that you can track your vote to make sure that it was counted. Um, so mail in your vote as well. Um, so yeah, those are my takeaways for that. I do really like how the chat has been blown up about this, by the way. So like, Especially Mahin came in. Mahin Ruby. Mahin Ruby. I'm like, yo, get angry, okay? Get, get angry. Irritated. Um, get those thumbs ready. Get your fingers ready. Get upset. Like, it's... Yes. <laughs> That's how you should That's feel. That's how I feel when I go to vote. Like, motherfuckers are going to vote. <laughs> Give me my sticker. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I guess our call to action today is go vote. Um, the registration time has already passed uh, for you to register. So like that was back, that was due back on Halloween. I hope you guys are all registered by now. Um, if you're not registered, just register anyway so you're prepared for the next round. Um, and then as for uh, the deadline for vote voting across the country, I think believe is November 8th. So we still got a couple of days. Go get it done. Do the thing. Um, and I believe in y'all. I believe in y'all to yes, make the I right choices. Yes, I believe in all y'all. Tell these children, go do it. Utilize your choice. Yes. All right. Um, Thank so let's go ahead and maybe talk about a little bit of, you know, 
nerdy and dirty. It's that time of the podcast. Yeah, a little sultry. Um, this is not Luther Vandross. Uh, but... <laughs> Sorry, every time I say Luther Vandross, every time I hear Luther Vandross, I think of New York, Tiffany Pollard being like, bitch, you look like Luther Vandross to, to one of the girls in the house from Flavor of Love. And I'm just like, that's so fucking rude. Anyway, sorry, Kylie, this is your segment. Go ahead. <laughs> it is. It is our segment. Okay. <laughs> um, so today, uh, let's just, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some pheromones um, and, you know, how to just react to the sweats. I love like the, uh, the old commercials for like Old Spice. When it's just like some some person just working out and then the ladies are just like, ah, the sweat, the smell, the stench of the mane, <laughs> your partner, arousal to sweat, everything you need to know about getting oh, sweat. Up, baby. Um, so the smell of sweat from a woman's perspective uh, can help boost cortisol levels, uh, which can Are like we taking notes. Enough, yes, take notes. Mm-hmm. Take notes. Um, cortisol. Cortisol. But also, this next statement is going to make a lot of things make sense about women, uh, which can increase stress and make them more aroused. Why is science using stress <laughs> as a marker of arousal? Damn it. They're like she's stressed her system is is stressed she's alive and now she's happy uh this is why like scary situations like you want to you want to take your lady out to a scary movie <laughs> stress and bless i'm here to protect you baby <laughs> not the not coming in as the hero of your romantic story here yes or your romantic uh, quest i'm gonna call it a side quest because sometimes it's not confirmed if that's a partnership yet <laughs> partnership uh, the research into human pheromones, you can look at the uh, dirty t-shirt studies. Girl. Which... <laughs> I already know what you're talking about, God. Right? Nope. Uh, <laughs> something about the smell of perspiration that affects your mate's choice. Um, I like, I personally... Where, like, you send each other shirts and be like, that's the one. That's the one I want. That's the one I want. Um, Knowing your partner's smell, this is why we steal all the sweatshirts and the sweatpants and the whole outfits and possibly shoes. Okay, to be real, I would just steal sweaters because I'm cold. I mean... Let's be practical here, ladies. Like, pragmatic. You're stealing. Um, But no, there's uh, that chemical signaling, right? Um, that can like get you in the mood, signals that you're ready to go, signals that you're healthy, um, that you're capable, that you're genetically compatible. Um, it's been shown to boost women's fertility, which just like, that's just not fair. Cause if you're just at the gym, you are just 
being influenced by a cloud of sweaty people just just no. out here being influenced in your biosphere no. i feel like it's not fair you have no. to plug your nose while you're at the gym from now on i'm letting you know um and <laughs> i think this one was my favorite which is sweat makes other men more cooperative since when <laughs> If you look at sports, I guess it's a thing like you're you're playing on the same team. Is it like proof of I'm working hard? Is that what it is? Um, is it like a? Uh, is, I feel like that's such a gladiator thing to do. Like if you see your opponent or your your battle partner sweating, that you that you kind of do the nod of approval, like yeah, yes. But I don't it's know if the, it's sexy. Sorry, help me debunk this. It's like a specific androgen, and I'm going to mess up the pronunciation because we're just having that type of morning. But um, and androstadione, androstadione, dienone, dienone, there we go. Androstadione um, is the same chemical that is thought to make women horny, and it's the same chemical that is thought to make other men more cooperative. So I don't know if it's like that feels some alpha, alpha, alpha male. Alpha male. I feel like it was like a, you know, a, a hunting prerogative. Like, ah, you're sweating. I'm sweating. We're all sweating together. Sweating. Okay. Move together. Yes. As less individualistic, more group activities happen. So teammates who sweat together win together. I feel like these are things that we've heard time and time again and didn't really realize that it was like on a chemical basis. This is a biological fact and a truth. Um, Sorry, sweaty dudes might live longer. <laughs> they did a study on uh, men who went to the sauna to sweat, uh, lived longer, and experienced lower risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. So maybe also having a partner who sweats signals to women that you're going to live longer and be around longer to take care of the beings that you bring into the world. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just think about when I was like watching movies and stuff where they would show sweaty men doing sweaty things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very much so like, I'm very attracted to men more than I am attracted to women. Um, hmm. That's just kind of like my, my teeter totter. Um, but with men sweating, that was something that I'm just like, mm, women exist. <laughs> I just go the other way. Or femininity exists, which femininity can involve sweating, but it's just not as um, robust. I don't know. So no olfactophilia for you. Olfactophilia is the kink or the paraphilia or the sexual arousal to the smells and odors emanating from the body. And I like it because it's not gendered, right? It's male or female or they or in-betweens, everybody's bodies, just the smell, the odor, you're not with it. <laughs> Did you like corn? You like corn? Okay. Oh, it just got the corn. juice. It got the juice. It got the juice. Okay. I, I wanted the juice part. I didn't want the corn part because of juicy sweat. Juicy. Did sweat. it? Get it? It's got I the like juice. It. Thank I you, Jopium. Jopium understands where I'm coming from with this. Okay. I'm with it. 
I'm with the biological advances. I am, do you see this nose? This, this, this nose was meant for the sniffing. Also, just women have more sensitive olfactory stations. So maybe you're just super sensitive and like smell everything more intensely. Some people are like that. Um, I think because maybe like, I don't fawn like over people so easily that like seeing someone sweat isn't like the part for me that makes me feel aroused towards somebody. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Cause like some folks I know that like, if they see someone working really hard and they see the sweat and they smell the sweat and like, Oh my gosh. And they just like, you know, drop everything and pussy sweat and everything like that. I am not like that. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> immediately the judgment part of my brain goes in. It's like, Oh, what a tool. Like, you know, especially if it's in the environment of, of a gym. Um, if it's an environment where it's like hot, like where it's like climate is just like the environment that's different. Like then that's like feeling sweaty kind of correlates to me of feeling grody. So like, you're like, Oh, I'm not presentable. And like, I need to not keep my, I need to keep my armpits down. And, uh, then like, I'm always been in a group where people complain like, Oh, I need a shower. I feel disgusting because I've been sweaty and clammy and sticky. And it's not like, correlated to sexy i think that's where my exposure kind of comes from with that i'm not disregarding it for anybody else who may feel differently like because those are valid feelings and you can have those feelings <laughs> i mean i do feel like setting does definitely you know have an impact do do you want to be like smelling your sweaty co-workers no and having no nope. stay smell? away from me yeah <laughs> And then, you know, we occupy con spaces. So it's like, do we want to be smelling... Especially stay away from me. The soup of, like, thousands of other people? Maybe not. But, like, your specific partner, I feel like there's something different there. Because I do feel like the pheromones are playing a factor in that attraction. The odor. You feel that way? I feel it. I feel it. Oh, <laughs> okay, so we're gonna play that song while that's happening. Keep going. Oh Lord, you know that you also where you're at in your cycle and will find the sense of ovulating more attractive. <laughs> he stinks. He stinks. <laughs> Is this why they call each other It's okay. such a bop. Sorry. <laughs> Go <a> bop. on. <laughs> Go on. I'm completely like taking. I okay. So I'm the one that responds to your to your prompts with these with these nerdies and dirties, right? So like, okay. I think it's sexy, like only in the situation that it was for that scene at the Titanic. <laughs> what? I think it's only sexy during that scene in The Lost Boys with that jacked, <laughs> super jacked saxophonist. Y'all, y'all come save us. What? What? Okay. 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 <laughs> Pheromones exist. Be cynical. Cynical. 
signal pheromones act on each other as either attractants or repellents. Clearly, you are of the most repellent crowd. But how does, okay, sorry, I may have heard you say it, but like, what's your take, like, after, like, you know, kind of presenting this to the class? Ooh, I mean, I think it's real. I've always been, um, like, interested in smells, though. So, like, I don't necessarily find, um, like, natural odors repelling. But I also, and this is, like, going along with kind of um, an argument of people being like more domesticated. I also grew up more outdoors. I grew up on an island. I grew up where like it's hot, it's tropical. People are going to sweat, but also people are eating better. So you're eating a lot of fresh fruits, veggies, drinking a lot of water. Like people's natural smells aren't necessarily smelling like they're on the gamer diet, which could be a, another influence of like, what your body odor is telling you so for the most part like i do think that odor is a good way of like tracking health of seeing or smelling uh what someone's like biological status is um so i don't think of it as like a positive or negative i just kind of think of it as like another tool in the toolbox um another factor of attraction like definitely for for me a smell is high on high on that list like um there's just something like comforting um, about like the smell of your partner that's like immediately de-stressing. Oh, um, totally. I yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily for me like an arousal thing. Like it definitely can be. Um, and also as someone who's like pansexual, I don't have a preference of like, mm, vaginas smell better than penis. Like to me, that's not a thing. Not like not. Sorry, no, 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 no. I I laugh because I'm like, I think we've had this talk before. It's like just be hygienic, right? Be hygienic, yeah. yeah. Hy hygiene is always good. Um, but like I'm if someone sweats like, and they don't drink water, you know it. You know it, and so then it's just like, ooh, baby, I think like maybe you should drink a little more water, or like I think you should lay off the hot chips and like put the monsters down. Um, give you some fruit, you know, you know, it affects taste smell and taste go together like if it doesn't smell good I'm not gonna want to eat it I'm not gonna want to put it in my mouth so like it's gotta smell good to me um I don't mind sweaty sex I think it's great yeah sweaty sex is fine yeah. I'm not opposed to that she's like no squeaky clean go shower first I do also love taking showers together like beforehand so then like the sweat happens during sex is like a commingling of pheromones it's it's a thing it's a vibe it's part of the experience experience yes the experience yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you get to see if they actually scrub their legs and use a washcloth yeah. <laughs> sorry the washcloth conversation cracks me up would be is a practical test and y'all best not fail um, she's watching you. Imagine, imagine taking a shower with someone that you just met and then like that you see their routine and then they're like, like, oh, I'm going to get out of the shower early. So I'll let you like finish up. It's like, oh, thanks. Like, yeah, I'll just get out first and get myself ready. And you just don't, you just leave. <laughs> you just leave. 
it. Would you leave them a letter? Like, later, you'd have to write them a letter. Like, I'm so sorry I had to leave, and this is why. You did not wash the crust betwixt your toes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, like, two-second horror stories with, like, two-sentence horror stories with romance. <laughs> we showered no washcloth. dark 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 turn i didn't want to be toxic the halloween episode that we didn't get to (laughs) bad smells if your shower doesn't include your toenails you didn't finish the job clap let's just clap for clap clapping for clap we're always clapping for clap um also (laughs) just as like a funny like side note um because i did bring up like menstrual cycles uh our sensitivity as ladies also changes during our cycle and certain smells that we may find attractive we may find repulsive later just fyi women are fun (laughs) are we even like real (laughs) (laughs) women are great are women just real we uncontrollably do uncontrollably do things like it's not fair like we're like oh hey we're bleeding we just have no choice and Uh, yes it sounds like what do you mean you just can't you just put pressure on it and it's gone no it doesn't work like that i'm tied to the moon (laughs) you be the sun (laughs) figure that shit out (laughs) no jopium's like none of this is real Oh my god. Okay, that was absolutely like fantastic. I appreciated that. <laughs> um yeah, for anybody who has their final thoughts about sweats and the things that make you wet, please jot them down in the chat. So far. <laughs> We haven't been flagged yet by Twitch, so that's good. I mean, yeah, we haven't. We're taking the Mushu approach. Personally, I kind of like that corn chip smell. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. We're going to close. We're just going to jam out for this. Like, who is that? this artist that we're listening to it's it's oh my and chubs <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> okay okay so uh yeah let's go ahead and transition into um some just nerdy so yeah. here is the little we're gonna talk about wakanda day wakanda day so Wakanda Day is coming up. Um, we don't have to just talk about uh, Black Panther, but I thought it would have been really nice to kind of talk about like how Black Panther has kind of impacted us as folks who watched this wonderful movie on the big screen with so much beautiful representation of not just like, you know, the continent of Africa, but the different like representations of like how different countries come together for a bigger cause for one of the things another thing is like black people get to see black people do the shit like that's always a celebration all in itself 
And then also to kind of reminisce on Chadwick Boseman a little bit. I mean, it was a shock for all of us, I believe, that when he passed away that we were all shook. Um, I am the first person to be like, I don't cry over celebrity deaths. I think it's really too bad um, that sometimes things happen. But like, I felt really, really shook with Chadwick Boseman passing away because it was like one of those things like, wow, not only that he worked so hard through this illness that he did his best to try not make visible, but he also just was an incredible actor. And because of his role, especially in the Black Panther, like he just gave a lot of us hope, like through his art. Um, and so Wakanda Day is coming up on, I believe, 11-11 this year. That's the release of Wakanda Forever. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the trailer, but the trailer had me bawling. Crying. Bawling. Um, and, you know, emotions always evoked by, like, the film scoring, like, how the picture to picture has been outlined. And also, like, it's, emo it's an emotional trigger for all of us because, like, we really believed in Chadwick. Like, he had all this talent and we wanted him to see more. Like, there's this there's this whole thing, there's this social media movement about like, you know, we want to see our black men thrive and grow old, right? And I know that's also stemmed from a completely different reasoning, but like, it also applies to this, like we were waiting for him to do so much more. Um, so anywho, I'm excited to go see Black Panther. Um, I don't think I'm going to see it this week, but I will see it at some point. Um, and and yeah, I don't know. Kylie, what's your thoughts? Um, my thoughts on this are varied and wide. Uh, the importance of this film, my, my mind just like tends to work on a, you know, a, uh, if, if someone is presenting something that is art, there is the deeper thought and concepts that come, you know, with that, right? And for me, watching the, generations of people come out to support this film and really having people understand that it's not um this wasn't just like a major feat for representation and entertainment um this was at least in my mind and for a lot of people the rebuttal to that statement of like go back to africa <laughs> um and the feeling and intentions behind go back to africa was just like oh like people don't think that Africa is technologically advanced, mm -hmm. which I think is hilarious. And people don't really understand um, the global history of people. There are people that really even still deny that like Pangea existed or that, you know, civilization arose out of Africa. Um, and so- Africa is the, is the land of the firsts of everything of everything and continues to be. So it's like, we look at now the technological advances that we have and we have like cobalt, you know, Africa is like one of the only places that you can really mine cobalt and it's in everything that requires, you know, touch screens and, you know, any type of like high functioning technology is going to have that um, for your chips, your computer chips, for your motherboards and, um, all of these components, right, and your missiles and satellites and um, having 
the idea of power and power in people and power in technology and power in unity be represented in one film that also still talks about um, some of the political struggles of identity between mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, African Americans and I was like African Africans, which is like even a funny thing for us to say, like if you look at a map, like Africa is giant and we still don't really understand um, like how giant Africa is because we're not taught to. But I was like, the United States is so small compared to Africa. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. minuscule. So minuscule. minuscule. Um, and so just it, these films give us um, an idea scale and give us um, the, the ideas and the representation of all of these different cultures, all of the different ide uh, identities that exist within Africa, because it is so huge. There is no like one African people. Like we do have a concept of a diaspora um, now and seeing how um, traces have fallen through and carried through um, around the world and being able to like look at certain tribes and see the representation that's there. It's like, oh, you have like the Bantu tribe that's there. You have the Maasai tribe that's there. You have all of these different aspects and colloquialisms within the differentiation of the accents, within the differentiation of the garb, um, with the, like even the gods that they pray to. So I love that Wakanda gives you that, right? Mm -hmm. And Chadwick being a, a mouthpiece and a centerpiece for us to focus on is useful and it is um, lends some extra gravitas to his passing, um, but also to the message that he accomplished in this film and the, the energy that people carry forward with it. Um, so yeah, I um, this this film is like it means a lot to me because I am a person who sits and thinks a lot. <laughs> I have, I, all of the thinking, I'm like, yes, this movie will mean a myriad of things to me, I'm sure. And um, I will probably, I know I will cry. I'm going to be crying. Um, so I'm actually going to be seeing this as a drive, at a drive-in. Oh, nice. Um, so that, yeah, so I can like kind of have a more insular experience for that. Um, I think if I was like somewhere closer to like a community of people that like were actually dressing up, then I would go to like a theater theater and see everybody come out in their fantastic garb. Um, but since I am not, I am in the land of the Wahites, I will go, <laughs> <laughs> I will go at a drive-in and not have to like worry about people asking me if like it's real, <laughs> which I've had happen. Oh no, not that. <laughs> oh boy. Um, influences. Yes, but uh, remember it is a fiction. Um, not, but the messaging is still very strong. Like I, I really appreciated that first film because, or was it the first film? I can't, it, the Marvel, the MCU, and the MCU universe is so like vast that like sometimes I lose track like how many is existent. Um, but the one with Killmonger was like spoke levels to me because of the fact that like you have the you have the dichotomy of like black anger of like what happened why did we end up here we've gone through all this suffering and then like even our brothers and sisters from a different continent 
can't even come through and protect us or to come through and try to give a little bit what they may still have at in their own homes. Um, so I remember that and just kind of, I really appreciate that it did address the tension. And that's something that's very hard for black communities to admit because we're already going through our own versions of oppression that, that bringing to the black on black tension is something that is kind of like swept under the rug a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so then this sense of like, there was that and so i just kind of liked how they outlined that on a fictional standpoint just remember like just kind of reminding us like it's there um will we find solutions from it probably um from like a more specific like real life applications part of it um but as for like you know does it exist of course of course it does um so that was what i thought was like really powerful and very to me like very gutsy to put on screen <laughs> very gutsy yes. um, um and then um the other thing is like t'challa admitted weakness which is also something that um i feel that black men are very like there's so many write-ups about it now like where it's like it's really hard for black men to be vulnerable to admit weakness to admit that they need a sense of like grounding when they are lost um and then a lot of it was just like you know kind of in relation to how t'challa lost his father and then him trying to keep things like glued together. But then there was lots of tension going on with him and not understanding like, okay, I made a mistake here. How do I come back from it? Instead of just like, you know, ruminating in your mistakes and just saying like, well, I'm right and everybody else is wrong um, as that type of thing. So I really kind of appreciated that. And I think he outlined that really beautifully in, in the previous films. Um, and then I think also what I really love the Black Panther is like the amount of research that was done to create the film score. Um, till this day, like the person who was mostly in charge of that is a white guy, but he just did so much research and talking to so many different people and actually got a hold of a couple of like tribes and just was like trying to make sure he kept the authentic sound present in the films. Um, and it was just, beautiful to kind of listen to like a couple of podcasts about it watch a few like youtube specials on like what he did to make it to make sure that cultures were present in the music that he film scored for black panther and so like that was something that i thought was like really powerful like he really went out of the box and did hey remember about staying informed and doing your research he stayed informed and did his research <laughs> um, and then incorporating like even hip hop when it was like a lot of like Killmonger's um, like when when there was like the, the motifs for Killmonger, they used like influences of hip hop because this is a man who lives in Oakland, who is like a second or first generation American who grew up in like urban cities where like hip hop was born because of the displacement and having to recreate in a whole di different like country. And so I thought that was kind of cool that there was even motifs that were centered around different characters that still stayed authentic to their characterization. It wasn't stereotyping, it was just capturing the culture. Um, so that is something that I really um, liked about that. Uh, fun fact, he is a, he's a hip hop producer and is a producer friend of Childish Gambino. Dope. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I think you really touched on something that um, is like so valuable when it comes to like sound and passing traditions and representation. Uh, Wakanda and Wakanda forever as um, like indigenous futuristic films, uh, I think is also something that, you know, because we talk about it very much from like a black lens, um, but the film itself is very diverse and, and it does even like challenge what people mean when they say black because it encompasses so many other indigenous um, influences mm -hmm. in the sounds. Um, there's Aborigine in there. So it's like, we're talking like Australia, we're talking, you know, S South Americans, we're talking even like sounds from like uh, indigenous tribes in like Canada. Um, and this is the month, right? This is the month to talking about some indigenous reparations and representation. Mm -hmm. um, and so just as a film piece that has that breadth, uh, even in their casting, you know what I mean? I, if I'm not mistaken, that there are some, some indigenous and tribal members within the cast as well mm -hmm. that are not like strictly African or African-American. I was like, huh, look at us fact checking. Look at, <laughs> look at us pulling it up. Who's in there? Fact-checking. <laughs> For Wakanda Forever, indigenous representation. We know it's there. Uh -huh. um, was it uh, Tena Puerta? I think it was like just one of many uh -huh. representation uh, of indigenous peoples. So it, as a film, like it's a, it's a beast. It is From a beast. It is a beast. I'm looking forward to more films like this. And I think we're seeing, um, not that they didn't already exist, but an insurgence of indigenous films being funded. Humanized. And humanized. Yeah. Like think about all of the indigenous involvement from previous films, like old Westerns, right? Where it didn't seem like those folks were humanized. They were just kind of la like labeled as like, as kind of what's the word I'm looking for like they weren't treated as the same con like they didn't have like a cognitive like understanding versus like the main character who had all this like intellect right they're so like, now, oh they're beastly they yeah, are they're beastly games. they need someone to help them to civilize them Lots. yeah watching Pocahontas <laughs> with like grown-up eyes is like different because like I remember like Pocahontas's dad being like uh no we're gonna nip that, that in the bud <laughs> like we're nipping that in the bud we don't we don't fuck with those folks <laughs> barely even human barely even human so yes I'm excited um but yeah like I'm excited that there's more films that are kind of humanizing the experience giving a little bit more depth to these stories um, cause I think that's what the whole point of like adding more diversity in films, right. Is like, it's not just adding in person being like, we got them check mark. We're done. It's actually giving them depth and giving them a backstory of like an emotion, like making sure that the audience can empathize and like be involved and engaged with them, uh, or with us rather, or those in the film, you know what I'm trying to say. Anywho, 
Um, but also just colonizing, calling people colonizer, I find tickling. <laughs> tickling, right? Tickling. The amounts of people that I've heard just using colonizer as like a common colloquialism has I I do I find entertaining. Yes, that's my toxic trait. <laughs> to be fair, uh, my mother is white, and my brother and I. Uh, both watched the Ace Ventura films and at a very oh, young age. Oh, no. I know. It's bad. Um, he taught me to say, like, Equentuocha, who's, like, white devil. And I will call my mom white devil often. Uh, it's it's a thing. Equentuocha, she was like, what's happening? <laughs> it's bad. It's This is my toxic traits. I'm letting you guys know now. Yes, for the sake <laughs> ask me to do things colonizer no, no. i am no longer here to do your laundry okay no, no. <laughs> nope i'm tired of you <laughs> yes <laughs> today is just the episode <laughs> yes oh my gosh well with all that being said i think that uh any other announcements video we games releases perhaps we do have some announcements yes so, we want to announce our Big Move Monday. You guys can probably guess who it is. Hello, Mark Cooper. <laughs> He's not even here in the chat today. He's not even in the chat today. He's busy doing Power Ranger things. Yes. So, Mark Cooper is our Big Move Monday this week. Even though what was funny about before we announced him was like, we were like, we already announced Mark. And we're, I'm like, I don't think we announced Mark as an individual. We're like, no, we announced him for uh, <laughs> for his album. And I'm like looking, I'm like, no, we didn't. <laughs> so, um, and then we checked back for other stuff. I'm like, I don't know where we announced him. So anywho, if he becomes a two-timer at Big Move Mondays, our bad, because Big Move Mondays are supposed to happen once every blue moon and moons are not blue. So, um, <laughs> So, anywho, we just want to celebrate his win that he has been casting, casted as the uh, Elephant Ranger and that he is now the uh, champion of the forest. So, really excited for him that he was able to uh, get this role. Like, he's been a whole huge, like, Power Rangers fan for as long as I've known him. And, like, I really like how he just kind of silently moves. Like, no one saw it coming. Like, we were just like, oh, well, this is dope. So like we just want to be like we support you bro get it yep. get it done um we're proud of you and uh this may be your second big move monday but that is okay <laughs> I, I, I could have swore we've given him a big move like and this man comes out with so many albums all the time i'm like yeah. could he do a release for this album or for this one i certainly for one of these albums He's gotten a big move Monday, but here it is, the here biggest is. of moves. I'm glad we saved it for this one because how, what, what's he going to do next? How is he topping this? Yeah, yeah. I want to know. I want to know. Um, speaking of Mark Cooper, he is also the beat maker of this background music that we usually use for our closing segment of the podcast. So um, let's kind of talk about like what we got going on. So Big Move Monday, as we said, Mark Cooper. You can follow Mark Cooper at It's Mark Cooper on most platforms. You can find him on Bandcamp, check out his stuff. He is right now at Yumacon with Paris. Yes, he is. Um, Look, our friends are together. Our fam is out there, fammy. 
doing the fam things. Yes. I actually, he's the first person who's told me about Yumacon like three, four years ago. He was like, yeah, there's Yumacon. I'm like, what the hell is Yumacon? And then like now Yumacon's like popping, popping. Um, anywho, but yeah. Like he tells me things that I'm like low-key supposed to take them as assignments. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Our will say something, and it's just like, wait, but like, did you listen though? Because I'm pretty sure that was a directive. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a suggestion. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was an assignment, and you should go do it. So, yes, Mark, we, we hear you. We listen. We listen, <laughs> and we value you. Like we value friend, you, friend of the show. Um, so lucky to be friends with this fool. And then what else do we got going? So I guess just to kind of recap things that are going on with us, as mentioned before, uh, Prowess is over at Yumicon. So if you find yourself there, go check it, check it out. Um, Lady Blurds will be making their appearance over at MAGFest. It's not yet confirmed if we're paneling or not, but we will be there and please be square. <laughs> or not square, be out of the not box. Not square, be out of the box, <laughs> but be respectful because the hands, I'm telling you, yeah, do not touch me. I will put down my do not hug me, do not touch me, but I will fist bump uh, in solidarity because like I do not have time for the nonsense. Uh, but Kylie's different. She she might have different boundaries. So, but read them accordingly. Don't make assumptions. Yes. Don't uh, make assumptions. <laughs> do not make assumptions. Um, other than that, I did really let you guys know that there is um, the video game. Uh, virtual video game orchestra mixtape is now being released. Go check that out. They got they got things on YouTube. They got a band camp. So go check out virtual uh, video game orchestra. Kylie, I believe that you have a pop up coming up soon. I do. If you guys are in the Monterey, Sand City, Seaside, Santa Cruz area, and you would like something to do the weekend of December third and fourth. There's going to be a pop-up here at my shop in the parking lot. There's going to be amazing vendors. It's like our December Yule. So if you want to get witchy, if you want to see some like amazing handcrafted goods and eat some tasty food and hang out with some really interesting, unique individuals, we are all here for it. We are neurodivergent friendly. We're here for the arts and crafts. You can bring your children, you can leave your children makes no difference to us so come on out come catch these hands we're at 490 orange avenue um or you can message me kylie too smart or not a problem 831 ding ding yes yes and then as for me i don't know what i have going on i know 7th street has a show coming up in december but i am not part of that but if you are in the san jose area go check that out uh be there for me vicariously um i will support from afar um, and then I believe, I think Prowess's thing was just Yumacon this week, I think, right? But yeah, Prowess, if and you I are- I love how we're like just Yumacon, but I believe she had like several performances and all of the things and coming right like off of a major trip. The woman does not rest. She does not much like sometimes me and myself, the sleep when, when we sleep, when for real. Well, we do miss her here on the show, so thank you so much. That was a wonderful episode. I think that is a win. And we will catch you all next time.